Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God, take your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin, joined tonight with co-host Trey Patterson. A lot going on in the sports world. Sorry we missed your Wednesday night, but we figured we like a day off, too. Sometimes, you know, with with a busy life and, and sports, it goes seven days a week. But sometimes we need a night to charge our batteries and, and get ready for the next show. And we thought this past weekend was the weekend to do that with the college slate we had and actually looking for this weekend. I'm so glad we got the break because it is time to crank up the college football talk. Hopefully most of the cupcake games are out of the way and it's time to start playing these big conference games. So tonight we're going to review a little bit what happened this weekend, give a little sneak peek into the upcoming weekend with so many big games and, and one of our, our listeners of the show said the same thing I said earlier, said it's separation Saturday. And that's what's going to be happening for a lot of teams in college football. The the playoff picture will come become a little more clear. I don't know how much more clear it can come, but, you know, with, if you have a tough schedule out there and you lose a game to a good team, you can you can get by with it as long as you win the rest of them. So don't panic if you're out there and your team loses this weekend against a good opponent. I mean, we have a lot of great games coming up. But tonight, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. And I don't know how many people love Derek Jeter like I do, but we're going to talk a little bit about Derek Jeter, maybe a little touch of the the Major League Baseball playoffs. The Atlanta Braves did not make it in this year. Surprise, surprise. I actually predicted them not not to make the playoffs this year, and they're just not a very good baseball team. 79 and 83 is is not good enough in Atlanta. You're in the East. The Nationals ran away with it by 17 games. 17 games they won this division by. That's probably the worst second place. That's the worst division in baseball to me, just looking at it. But the, you go over to the Central, you have the, the Cardinals won the National League Central, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are a wild card, and you, you head over to the West. The Dodgers got in as the winner, and the Giants got in as a wild card. So it's playoff time in baseball. We don't talk much baseball on we in sports talk because we focus mainly on college football and NFL football and so forth. But when the playoffs come, you know, we do make our projections and, and talk about the playoff game. You just have to. But let's talk real quick about Mr. Derek Jeter. Just a great, one of the best baseball players to me of all time. I remember him when I was graduating high school. Derek Jeter was was in baseball, and 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 you know, growing up, you, you I didn't get to see Derek Jeter, but I did get to see Cal Ripken Jr. and players like that. But Derek Jeter is exactly what baseball to me is. It's what it should be. If you look at a player like Derek Jeter, he's not arrogant. He's he's about the team. And he he's all about the team and the fans. He could care less about himself, what he portrays. But Derek Jeter ends his career with a base hit. The other night, his last game in New York, uh, game-winning hit with it on the line. So hats off to Derek Jeter. A lot of people thought he wouldn't play 
in Fenway. He would end it in New York. But knowing Derek Jeter like I know Derek Jeter, he wasn't going to miss a game or a chance to say goodbye to the fans in Boston. And I did hear uh, Matt Harvey, the pitcher for the Mets, got, you know, he's getting blasted by Mets fans for, for actually respecting Derek Jeter. And I don't care how big of a rival you are with a team. You show respect where it's due. And Derek Jeter is is one of those people that deserves the utmost respect. He did it the right way. And I just hate it that the Yankees couldn't send him out a winner. They missed the playoffs. The Baltimore Orioles actually won the division by 12 games. The Yankees did finish second. Detroit won the Central. Kansas City got in as a wild card in the Central. And the Angels won it out west by 10 games over the Oakland Athletics, who did make the wild card. So, Baseball, is it just me or is has baseball dead? I mean, nobody's talking about the playoffs. Nobody's even mentioning it. I had to go research who was going to be in the playoffs, and maybe it's because it's football season. But I'll be honest, even during baseball season, we didn't talk baseball on this show. We, we talked recruiting. We talked upcoming schedules, college football news, NFL news, NBA. Why is it? that Major League Baseball has has become a sport that nobody really talks about. Nobody listens to it anymore. I mean, baseball is dying, and and I just want to know why the listeners out there think this sport is taking a backseat to every other one. Is it because they play 850 games a year? Is it because a lot of the players are divas? I mean, I just want you guys to tell me, 646-716-5564, Join us in the chat room tonight. But, again, Derek Jeter, just the, one of the best of all time to me, of class, respect. He did it the right way. You didn't see him pump full of steroids trying to cheat in a day where it would have been easy to. I mean, this is a, a guy that was told, really, he wasn't really good enough to play shortstop. You saw A-Rod come over, and they, they had to actually move A-Rod. A-Rod was supposed to be the best in the game. And there were times that Miguel Tejada was compared to be one of the best in the game. But nobody can outlive Derek Jeter, what he did. And it's just so fitting that we see on his last at-bat as a New York Yankee in Fenway Park, of all places, Derek Jeter gets a base hit, wins the game. I mean, it's it's just a fairy tale ending to one of the best careers I've ever seen. And, you know, at my age, I haven't got to see many starts of a career and to end the end of a career for somebody like Derek Jeter. So here at Way in Sports, you know, we salute you, Derek Jeter, just an amazing, amazing person, amazing baseball player, an amazing role model. And finally, somebody got it right, and that was Derek Jeter and the New York Yankees. He came into the league a Yankee, and he left a Yankee, and he'll always be remembered. And I don't care Boston fans out there, deep down inside, if you really are a baseball fan and you're a decent human being, you love Derek Jeter. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just it's just the way it is. But we won't stay all night. But uh, the playoffs, like I said, they're coming up. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, to see who wins the World Series. Right now, if I'm if I'm trying to predict it, out of the American League, I like Detroit because of their pitching and their hitting. It's just the bullpen that gives me a little concern. You look, you go out to the National League, and I know Washington has the best record, but to me, 
it's going to be about the Cardinals or the Dodgers. You know, the pitching for the Dodgers, they've won eight out of ten to finish up the season strong. The Giants are are actually four and six to end it up. But I have more faith in teams like St. Louis, the Dodgers, and San Francisco more than I do Pittsburgh and Washington. I'm sorry. It's just that's just the way it is. I, I can't trust them. I mean, I, I know what I'm getting out of St. Louis. It's like every year they, they play the same. All they do is win, find ways to win. But an interesting stat, if, you, if you're looking at St. Louis, and a lot of people are trying to crown them World Series champions already, if you go look at their road record this year, it's 39-42. and 39-42. and 42. Not what a champion's made of. Go back and look at the last World Series champions and see what their road record. Where you go to L.A., their record, 49-32 and 32 on the road, 43-38 and 38 for the Giants. So those te- two teams right there I favor over St. Louis. Pittsburgh, 37-44 and 44 on the road. Washington, 45-36 and 36 on the road. Let's go to the Angels. 46 and 35 on the road. Oakland 40 and 41. Not going to cut it, guys. Detroit 45 and 36 on the road. Kansas City 47 and 34. Baltimore 46 and 35. So what I'm trying to tell you, if you look at teams that you think are going to make the World Series, you have to look at the teams that can play on the road because that's that's how you determine a champion. I'm sorry. So so St. Louis, I have faith in you because of what you've done in the past, but Looking at your road record now, I can't buy into you just now. And if I see some callers in the studio right now, and if you'd like to get into the show, press number one, so I'll be notified you're out there. But congratulations to Derek Jeter in closing, and we're about to start some talking about the NFL, and we'll save our best for last, the college football world. And well, well, we can talk college football anytime. It doesn't have to be at the end of the show. It can be. Anytime someone calls in, but I will go ahead wait, while we're waiting on some people to come in and go over the polls that came out today in college football. And we'll start with the AP poll. And the AP poll actually put Florida State, I think that was the coaches poll, excuse me, the, the coaches poll actually put Alabama at number one over Florida State. And I just wonder why it took so long. And, I, I mean, you, you you have to be impressed a little bit with Florida State being able to come back on the road down by a ton of points. But they, they, they found a way to win. But if you go to the coaches' poll right now, we have Alabama 1, Florida State 2, Oklahoma 3, Oregon 4, Auburn 5, Baylor 6, A&M stayed the same after barely surviving Arkansas. Notre Dame stays at 8. UCLA jumps up to 9 from 10. Michigan State's at number 10 from 9. Ole Miss stayed the same at 11. So we'll bring on Mr. Trey Patterson. Trey, hope all's well. How's everything going, man? Hey, buddy, man. How's it going? Oh, doing good. Just starting our, our football talk, going over the polls real quick. Do you have any thoughts on Derek Jeter before we actually get into our football talk? Well, you know, not only Derek Jeter, I mean, also Paul Canerco, both two very good class guys who did played all their games in the same organization and played it well. Obviously, Jeter's a first ballot Hall of Famer, where Canerco probably isn't. But you just don't see either one of those types of players much anymore, um, you know, where the organization and the player are both loyal to each other. It's just rare. Uh, and so we're kind of seeing an end of those players now with Canerco 
and Jeter. Um, but Jeter, what, what a fitting way to end his career. Game-winning hit in New York and then a base hit, you know, in, in Boston. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can't stand the Yankees, Trey, but this this should tell you what I, I love Derek Jeter, and, and I can't stand the Yankees. But any time he played, I always liked to watch him. I always – like what he did, what he stood for. But I, I made a comment earlier. Tell me what you think. Is baseball just dying? Nobody talks about it. You could go right now to sports talk anywhere, and nobody's talking baseball, Trey. I mean, is it dying or is it just boring? What's going on with baseball? Well, I, I think it obviously takes a back seat to football. Um, but I, I don't know if it's dying. I mean, attendance is, they're doing well with attendance, making money. Uh, the problem, Baseball is just such a long marathon. Uh, that I think a lot of fans um, look at it as a, as a sort of a secondary sport, uh, and I think that's sort of where we are. But the playoffs are here. They've been very exciting the last couple of years, and I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, me as well. I'm going to be watching the the playoffs, and, and I think the road teams that, that didn't perform, the teams that performed bad on the road are going to struggle. But let's go to, back to our polls. The coaches poll had Alabama 1. Florida State 2, Oklahoma 3, Oregon 4, and Auburn 5. The top four teams in both polls are getting first place votes, where Alabama's closed the gap in the AP, 13 votes, 27 for Florida State. And in the coaches' poll, Alabama's won, but they received 15 votes. Florida State still has 26 first place votes. And, you know, you're a Florida State fan, Trey. There is something about going on the road and finding ways to win, and it's just Florida State's going to have to find a way to to click like they did last year. Granted, there's some injuries on the Florida State team right now. But, you know, when when we talk about college football, Trey, I think these fans out here are so consumed with style points and how much did you win by when at the end of the day all that matters is you look at that win column, you look at the the loss column, and you hope to have a goose egg in that loss column. So, really, Florida State hasn't looked like a national champion. But, really, who has, Trey? I mean, is there anybody out there that's really blown you away to make you think that, wow, I have to put them number one? No, I think this year it's going to come down to, you know, honestly, just whatever teams are left because there is, there isn't a team out there, you know, Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, Auburn, and um, you name them, that hasn't struggled with someone uh, at a place that, that you really doubt. I think right now Alabama is playing the strongest football of them all, um, you know, given that Oregon has recently struggled. But, I mean, really, even them, we see things that are wrong with that team and we have concerns. Uh, there's not a This is not the Florida State last year that was blowing everybody out. This is a weaker defense. Um, they, they have terrible defensive um injuries on the front line, and they're being gashed run-wise, and that, that opens up the secondary, as we know. So this is a different Florida State team, still very talented offensively, but this isn't the team that we all think are going to win all the games. There's a lot of games in the schedule they're going to have to struggle with, um, but they're like, you know, the team that I just mentioned. If, if Oregon goes undefeated and looks bad doing it, they're going to be in the playoffs. If Alabama goes undefeated and looks bad doing it, guess what? Just like Auburn, playoffs. Yeah. And the Florida State's in that that grouping as well. Uh, so, you know, Tarvin, I think in the poll's sake, you know, I think, uh, you know, for me it doesn't really matter as much because there's a few elite teams that all they have to do is keep winning. And I think, you know, like a lot of in the SEC, if you just win them out, it all, it's all that matters. And the same thing goes for Florida State. Yeah, and I look at 
you know, four weeks through or five weeks through technically some teams have their bye week, what have you done so far? If I'm a committee out there and I look at the teams out there based on what they did, and if you didn't have a strong schedule up front, that's just the way it goes. Maybe you'll strengthen up as it goes on. But you look at Alabama, they played West Virginia on neutral site. They played um, Florida at home, but they played some patsies as well. Would they have it to me – this is a test coming up this weekend at Ole Miss. Auburn went on the road to a top-20 team in Kansas State. Did they look good? Not really. But did they win? Yeah, they found a way. Arkansas, a team that's improved. Auburn got to play them and look good against them. But, you know, San Jose State and Louisiana Tech are not powerhouses. But nobody really has a resume right now that you can look at and say, wow, let's I think that's why the committee waited so long before they come out and even started this process because people would be in an uproar right now if you started trying to put a Final Four together. So right now as it is, if you're undefeated, congratulations. If you didn't look good doing it, it's okay. Look at Ole Miss, Trey. They look like garbage right now. They're 4-0. They're ranked 11 in the country. Well, you know all that matters to them and all that's going to matter is Alabama's coming to town this week. Game day is going to be there, and I guarantee you we'll see a different Ole Miss team that if they win that game, you're going to see a lot of them bump up in the polls. And it really doesn't matter that they didn't meet, beat Memphis by much, you know? I mean, it's all about what what have you done lately. And if Ole Miss beats Alabama, Trey, all that's going to be forgiven. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know that style points matter as much to people who know football, um, especially when you're looking at an extra game this year. I think coaches are coaching a little differently. <laughs> Uh, who are in those elite programs. I think you, you've seen a lot of starters out in the second half. You know, you saw Gurley out in the first quarter of a game that Georgia was blowing people out. I just think that now with the extra game, I think people are wanting to rest their guys as much as possible. And it's not as important that, that you run up the score in the third quarter and leave your starters in. I think with the, the you know, hey, we're going to win this game. Let's get our guys out so nobody gets hurt. Uh, and let's, let's clear a backup in case we do get some injuries so we have an experience. I think that's what coaches are looking at. Uh, we saw that with Florida State and the Citadel. I've certainly seen that with Alabama. Um, you know, I've seen it with Auburn. I, I just, a lot of teams are playing their depth guys, uh, but I think they know that the committee, um, at least are watching these games. Well, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're Auburn out there and you're looking down the road, my God, yeah, I mean, you, you have to kind of peek and kind of look. And one thing that I'll give Gus Malzahn and, and his staff credit for is they played their entire team. They have gotten everybody in there, and you've seen some breakdowns from on occasions. But you know what? Those are going to play divid. Those are going to pay dividends when it comes against uh, LSU or Georgia late in the year, and you need a stop, and someone gets hurt, and you bring in that guy that it's not his first snap ten games into the season. He's already played four or five games and been getting some action, so. That's the only way you can win, and you got to stay healthy. But uh, we have a caller, Big E's on the line, Trey. I don't think he liked what you said about Florida State. So, Big E, what's going on, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. What's, what y'all doing? Uh, we're doing a radio show. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, when, when's Florida State going to put their varsity on the field? Uh, they give up 38 points to North Carolina State? That's terrible. Clemson should have beat them. Clemson's horrible. Clemson beat North Carolina. North Carolina gave up 70 to East Carolina. What would East Carolina do to Florida State? They'd probably hang about 60 on them. Trace? 
Uh, I know. Is Jam- I know. Jam- Jameis didn't play. I know. Is it, is it, I don't know if there's a in there, but. Seamus Jameis didn't play against Clemson. I know. That's why they didn't score, but, what, 24 points? Oh, Tarvin. Sure. Yes. Baseball? I got, I got I kind of agree with you. I kind of, I kind of agree with you about the records on the road, but still, it comes down to pitching. Whoever gets hot pitching, always pitching. Good pitching beats hitting any time. So, whoever gets hot with the pitching, that's who's going to win. Well, I'm just wondering if Trey Trey's going to respond to you, Everett. Uh, he may be he may be on mute right now. I don't know. A, a little. Uh... I heard somebody told me somebody on the radio show told me that he was talking about me when I wasn't around. So I didn't, I just wanted to call in and give him a little crap. No, Trey Trey wouldn't talk bad about you ever. He wouldn't. No, not Trey. Uh, what did you Trey? What did you Trey? What? I'm sorry. I think I'm going to have to mute Trey because I don't know what in the heck he's doing right now. Everett, go ahead. What do you think about Ole Miss just putting up 24 and 14 of them came in the fourth quarter late? I wasn't Man, they have, looked ter- they have looked terrible this season, and, and I don't know what they're trying to do or prove or anything, but what, what surprises me, Big E, Ole Miss opened up, a, or Alabama's only a four-point favorite over Ole Miss, and you watch them play, I, I just I don't get it. What is Vegas trying to do here? What are they trying to tell us? But Ole Miss looks bad. Bo Wallace terrible. And the bad news for Ole Miss is Nick Saban had two weeks to prepare for it. Well, you know the thing about Ole Miss, I've heard everybody talking about what kind of speed they got on defense. Well, you know Alabama's got speed on offense, and. We're going to be pretty strong up front against them, I think. I I, I don't think it's going to be within four. Uh, I I think it, you know, it may stay close for a while, but I, you know, and I could be wrong. You know, we could go in there and lose, but you know, anything can happen in the SEC on the road. But right now, from what I've seen out of Ole Miss and who they've played and how they've played, I ain't really worried right now. I'm not sweating. Let's put it that way. Uh, well, Big E, Big E, stay right there just a second. We got a couple of callers trying to get in. Hoarder Hank, you're on way in sports. Hey guys, this is Hank. Hey Hank, what's going on, buddy? Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, well, did, did you guys catch that Eagles Forty ers game? Sure did. Oh God, it was awful. You know, I was wondering why the Eagles had one yard to go, and they threw the ball twice instead of giving it to LaShawn McCoy, the best running back in football. But then I was watching a replay, and I saw that Chip Kelly was picking at his asshole. He must have had some shit there, some dingleberries, and he forgot what play he was calling and fucking called a pass play, that dumbass. You know, you know one of the things that, that troubles me is, is guys like this that, that live in their mom's basement and they and they have nothing better to do than to to call a radio show and uh and talk crap. But what he doesn't know is is I can I can read through the coding on his name, I have his cell phone number, I have his address, Trey, so it's not looking very good for him. Well, I mean, what's lost in, in the other stuff that he was saying is 
Um, I actually kind of agree uh, with the point that Chip Kelly should have called a running play on that. I know we're not on that game, Tarvin, but um, that is kind of lost in his um, diatribe. Was I think Chip Kelly really did miss the boat on the play calling. Yeah, but uh, Hoarder Hank, I mean, you're, you're, come out of your mom's basement and go get a job, come to the real world, and then I'll let you call back on my show again. But until then... Sorry, buddy. Don't don't use profanity on my show. I knew I could tell that where that was leading. I should have cut it off earlier. So if you're out there listening, I apologize. But guess what, dummy? I got your number, and I'm gonna blast it all over the internet. So so good job. But anyway, um, but just looking at the college football tray, Everett was trying to ask you, you know, about Florida State, and I don't know what happened to you, but you just disappeared. Uh, I was actually uh, letting him speak. You know, I didn't want to interrupt him. And I was kind of waiting for a question. There was a lot of, um, I guess, opinions, and I was just wondering what his actual question was. I didn't want to assume what it was. I wanted to just listen, be respectful to his opinion, uh, and I never really got to what he was asking. So, um, My question is, what's wrong with Florida State? That's terrible. Well, I'll tell you, Everett, if, uh, if, I don't know if you, if you watch any of the games uh, or under or know about the depth charts and things like that, um, but Florida State, let's, the, the fumble in the very end of the fourth quarter uh, was caused and recovered by third stringers uh, on defense. Uh, so Florida State is playing with a lot of third string guys uh, and fourth string at some position. So they are playing terrible on defense, I will agree with you. Uh, they're playing. Well, hold on, Everett. Hold on. Let me finish, buddy. I'll let, 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 let you talk. Um, and I think uh, when you're playing with true freshmen who are third and fourth stringers, and that's what the guy who, fumbled, who recovered that fumble was, uh, you're going to give up some points. And until they get healthy, or if they don't, they're going to get beat by somebody. And I agree with you. Get some of those walk-ons. Is not on parole. Hey, uh, Everett. You're not <laughs> no pending charges. Hey, uh, you're an Alabama <laughs> fan, right? What? You're an Alabama fan, right? Uh, yes, sir. Hey, don't you have DJ Petaway who robbed some people in Alabama playing your team, buddy? Hey, he went to junior college and cleared his record. He ain't been in trouble since he's He won't stay on the roster. Hey, hey, he won't stay on the roster if he gets in trouble again. We won't just suspend him for a half and then – because everybody's upset and suspending for a game, I mean, you know, Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo's running a, a daycare center down there. That might be part of y'all's problem. Y'all might be a little too young. And don't ever, don't ever ask me if I know about a depth chart. I've actually been on a football field playing before, so don't ever ask me what a depth if I know what a depth chart is. You you but you can take your statistics and shovel them up your rear end. Cause they don't win football games. Stats don't win football games. Depth charts don't win football games. Players win games because they play hard and because they make the right decisions and do the right things. It comes down to discipline, coaching, character, and integrity. That's what wins football games most of the time because people do what they're supposed to do. They follow their assignments. Don't matter if it's a third stringer or a first stringer. All right, Trey, anything yeah. else? No, I mean, it, I agree with part of that. And guess what? Florida State won that game ever, because of the discipline of their third stringers. So, uh, okay. you missed my point a little bit on the depth chart, but that's yep. okay. 
Well, when y'all get when y'all get out of that pee wee conference, y'all in, come join a big one. All right, man. Thanks, Big E, for calling in. Uh, it was a great conversation. Trey busted you, and I, th- I think you got your hands full tonight, or you'd, you'd talk more. But uh, that's some funny stuff. Big E, thanks for calling in. And and uh, Florida State, yeah, they have looked they have looked bad at times. But one thing is, and until you beat them, they're going to be in the conversation. For, for some of the best teams in the country. We're going to bring Sonia Minson on. Sonia, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Tarvin? What's going on? <laughs> Sitting here watching Dallas and New Orleans and hoping Witten gets yeah. some points. Yeah, Dallas is, is playing actually pretty good this year, and uh, you never know what they're going to expect. So I picked against them, so they should win tonight. <laughs> Well, I just thought it was funny. I think something's going on down in Florida because all every Florida every um, Florida NFL team won a game today, and that's that's no, dude, no. <laughs> this is Twilight Sunday. That never happens. Yeah, Tampa how does Tampa Bay, go into oh, Pittsburgh and win? Oh God, Tampa Bay! I'm like, what? Did, did somebody forget to tell Tampa Bay and Jacksonville they actually suck? I guess so, but. But Jacksonville ended up winning. What? Jacksonville lost, didn't they? I don't know. I don't care that much. <laughs> They're not on my fantasy team. I don't watch sucky teams. Well, well, you said every team in Florida won, but Jacksonville, I don't think they won. Well, almost. They played better than the, the usual Jacksonville. They didn't have to try to give tickets away. So what's on the agenda tonight? Uh, this football talk, we're about to go through our, our games and everything. So, so what did you think, real quick, about the um, – what do you think about Ole Miss coming up on your schedule? Everett just brought up Ole Miss and uh, and bash trade for Florida State. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> I came in on the tail end of that. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, wait a minute, who's arguing with Trey on the radio? <laughs> and then I realized it was Big E. Um, as far as Bama and Ole Miss, it's, I mean, it's another game. It's just another game. I like the way Bama's playing, and just watch out for their D. But Ole Miss is what the the worst three loss. I mean, three win, four win team, whatever they are, there is out there. And to see them struggle last night, you know, it is what it is. FSU is FSU, and um, they struggled again, even with James's back. But it's FSU. Yeah, why do you think Vegas only made Alabama a four-point favorite Saturday? That seems a little low. So mm. you lose some money? <laughs> Jason said, so you lose some money. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, if you remember, we were talking about this on one of the first shows. For some reason, Wisconsin and Ole Miss were getting all of this preseason hype, and we were like, where is this coming from? These teams aren't exactly great. What are you talking about? So who knows? Maybe it's a holdover from that, but I'm not tripping. So far, yeah, we got a great weekend of football. We got a great weekend of football coming up, and it's sad that it took six weeks for it to actually get here. But finally, after the sixth week of the season, we can actually get a good game to watch. Oh yeah, the first one's. I'm just waiting for um, October 27th. That's all I'm waiting on. What is that game? 
It's not a game. It's the first week the committee playoff committee releases oh. their polls. Oh, the, the politically these... unbiased, right, the unbiased selection committee that can do it better than Yeah, that, that committee right there. And it's so funny to see all of these people arguing on Facebook about polls that don't even matter, I guess because there's nothing else to do. But they have, you know, it's like you try to tell them, look, guys, you're arguing over nothing. Those polls do not count anymore. They're just there for your entertainment. But people keep taking them seriously. So I'm like, I, as long as Bama keeps winning, I don't care where they're ranked in any of these sucker polls, as I call them. I just want to see where the committee's going to rank them. Well, I wonder how many games the committee has actually watched this year. And, and, and you know, one I think Barry Alvarez said, he wouldn't even look at the polls. So are you honestly – do you believe that these committee people are not going to factor in the AP and coaches poll? They can't. They cannot. There, well, there, there's nothing nothing in use right now, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's AP, coaches. None of those polls will have any effect. It's going to be their own data, their own program. No poll that is that has been used or is in use now will not – contribute towards the committee well, at all. Well, I know I know. technically it won't be, like, factored in, but you got a committee that watches football, and they look at uh, all the AP voters have Florida State number one. So you're telling me that won't even factor into their decision at all? No, because if they look at football like we do, excuse me, he called me down with eating some crunch or much. <laughs> Sorry. If they look at football like we do, they'll see the same thing. Okay, yeah, like, for example, all right, Mississippi State is unbeaten right now, but guess who they played? Vanderbilt, Nickel State. What was the other one? LSU. Other, you been, know what I'm saying? So that's, I don't think that they're LSU. going to. Yeah, and the, but the thing is, they're not going to take any of that into an account. They can't. Well, I'm just saying that if, if people that, that praise the committee for coming and getting a playoff, this is going to be a lot worse than the oh, BCS it's going to be, was. What's going, to be funny, what's going to be very funny, Tarvin, is how many people who complained about the old system, the BCS system, you are going to hear those people, now that the old system's gone, where their team had a chance, you're going to hear those same people in about – I'd say by the end of the year, maybe uh, early part of next year, complaining about this. Nobody's going to be completely satisfied, but if anybody's really gone to the website, read through each and every word of that website and what they're presenting, what they have to do, you already know what's up. It's a new sheriff in town. Nothing that we that we've, we're used to will be in use now after October 27th. So those are the only polls that, I, that I'm concerned about. Well. Well, I think it's funny that uh, Bob Stoops and, and I believe Michigan State's coach is already whining about conference winners should be in the Final Four because I think they see the writing on the wall. Well, exactly. And see, another thing, too, you gotta see, you got to look at this. People are going to try to influence. <clears throat> I mean, Archie Manning talked about it in an interview uh, with some radio station not too long ago. I heard it on the Internet, but it was a Twitter feed or Twitter link. And he was talking about how – like, when they talked to them, they were really raw and really real as far as their objectivity, you know, listening to this, listening to that, taking suggestions, things like that. None of that comes into account, including what Nick Saban says, what Antonio says, whatever. It's their plan. So if these people, if, they, if these people that are picked, you know, are, are 
if they're held to that standard and if they, if they do everything according to the website, it's just I think you're going to see a lot of teams very surprised at where they fall. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to put you on mute just a second. Sonia, Trey, uh, looking at the the committee, I mean, do you think they're going to factor in in the AP poll? Because I'm just put, putting myself in in a committee member's place here, Trey, and I'm I'm looking at it. I do factor in what other people think, you know, just to kind of get a feel. So I think these this committee will look at the polls. I don't know if it'll, you know, make their entire decision, but it's going to help shape their opinion, I think. I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, I think they may look at it, Carbon, but whether they consider it at all, I don't think so because uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, let's put it this way, Tarvin. They're, they're using the exact same system that they use in baseball and basketball. How many times have you seen the number four team in the country be a two seed? Uh, it's happened. It happens a lot. It happens on a yearly basis. So I just don't think it's going to be something that really matters that much. They're going to they're going to use their own criteria. Uh, and then they're going to make their selections based on, you know, things like strength of schedule, conference wins, road wins, neutral site wins, the same thing they use for everything else. I just don't think that if you're so. number four in the AP, it's going to matter. I hope they do because I, I look at these polls. I'm sure Sonya and Jason are looking at them. Some of the, I see some of the ways these people vote, and I, I just don't get it. I mean, it's too many dummies out there uh, with an opinion that's actually counted. And you, you see polls with Marshall up at 10. You see BYU up in the top six in some people's polls. I mean, it's a, it's third almost. And and the fact is this year you have so many first-place votes split out between four teams shows you that that this year is wide open, that, that anybody can win, Trey. But I hope to God that these committee members don't come out all of a sudden and, and say, well, we're going to take this one-loss team from the Big Ten or the Big 12 because they won their conference. All I want to see, and tell me what you think, Trey, all I want to see are the four best teams. I don't care if they come from the Big Ten. I don't care where they come from. As long as when I'm watching the final four, that it's the four best teams. I don't care about BYU, if they run the table, get them out of here, put them in the points at a bowl. Nobody gives a crap. I don't care if you if you played two games in the year and you won both of them, and it doesn't mean you make the playoffs, Trey. So at the end of the day, give me the four best teams, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a couple of things that you said that are going to matter, and, and I think that people will have comments on. I think that a two-loss team probably doesn't have a shot, no matter where you come from and what you win. Um, two-loss team out of the SEC, let's say, you know, a two-loss South Carolina or Georgia happens to beat. Uh, an undefeated Alabama, undefeated Auburn in the SEC championship. Are you telling me that you think that two-loss team is now going to get an over that one-loss team because they won their championship? I don't I don't think that's how it's going to go down. I really don't. Now, is it a possibility? Sure, it is, yeah. But I don't think it's going to be automatic. And so I think when people talk about the, oh, you win your conference, well, that can be kind of dangerous uh, and sometimes in these conferences which have very lopsided east and west, you know, uh, coastal and whatever. So I just don't think it's going to be that clear cut. I think that's a great point. Sonia, I'll ask you. Say if Georgia's two-loss team won the East, Alabama's undefeated, won the West. They played. Georgia beats them by a field goal. Who goes to the Final Four? Bama. I'm with Trey. I'm sorry. I don't believe in that. The, the, um, wait, who was that? Because when, the first, when it first started with Bama a couple of years ago, 
when we weren't conference champions and we went to the national championship, everybody kept bringing it up. And I brought up two instances where Nebraska and Oklahoma had gone before because they had a better record. It's like, come on, guys, get this conference champs crap out of your – come on. Seriously, do you really want to see a national championship between Georgia Southern and Oregon? Like, really? Not really. The Big Ten championship is not going to be one of the top four in the story. The conferences, no, uh-uh. That's the angry uh, gopher. Yeah, you got to – I mean, it's, it's, it's the committee was brought together to get the four best teams, just like the BCS was there to get the top two teams. And it got it right for most of the time. And, Sonia, I'm going to have to have to mute you, uh, getting a lot of static and uh, echoing. I'm going to call back in. Okay. But, Trey, I mean, how many times did the BCS get it right, Trey? I mean, or, or, or hold on, how many times did the BCS get it wrong? Well, I mean, they did. I mean, I don't, I have to, you know, I have to go through the years, in my, uh, and my head is kind of hard. But there, there, there are tons of times. Or I wouldn't say tons. There, are t- there, are, there were times where the three team and the two team were interchangeable. Um, getting it wrong is hard to say. I think there are times they could have gotten it some other way. I'll put it that way. But interestingly enough, Carvin, you know who the number one, number two teams at the end of the BCS formula would be right now? Uh, Auburn and Oklahoma. Alabama and Florida State. For right now? Right now. As of right now, Florida State and Alabama are one and two and under the same old BCS formula we always use. So where, where, uh, I don't I don't I don't see how that could that could be looking at just four games into it. I don't see how that could happen at all. But hey, what I know, right? I just so that's I'm, the, that's I'm the more accurate. The current BCS, the BCS formula we always used, you know, they posted a BCS every week. If you use the BCS formula and BCS, by the way, they're still putting out their formula in their rankings, so it's still out there. They're, they're doing it every week. Who are the top five? Uh, hold on, I'm in, I'll tell you. Let me, get, let, me get my, let me get to my phone here. Right, well, okay, I'll let you look at that while I say this, that when you look at football and and you're trying to make something, and here's the deal. You want this to make money, and and the more the better the teams are, the better the matchups, the more drama you can create for it, and and actually get some rating. But Trey, I'm getting some kickback on your phone here. Yeah, hold on a second, buddy. I'm walking in the other room. What do you have? Somebody picking a banjo in the back or something? What is that? Uh-huh. My kids watching nursery rhymes, buddy. Okay. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care if you won your conference. I mean, and I, and I told you this, Trey. You put Florida State over in another conference right now, and it would be a different ball game. You, I mean, it's just all about who you play on a week in and week out basis. And just because you play in the SEC doesn't mean you deserve to be in the Final Four. You still have to, you still have to win those games and impress. But at the end of the day, I want to see who I want to see, and that's as a college football fan. I want to see the best four teams out there. And it's funny that Stoops is already crying, Trey, lobbying for it because he's listening to you on this radio show when you said you you made a good point that the Big 12 could be in trouble because of their conference strength, but also they don't play in a conference championship. So I think he's starting to to kind of lobby a little bit. You know know the Big 10 – is thinking the same thing. They don't. They don't really have that team in their mind after that weekend that happened. 
that that they could just dominate and get in the Final Four. So they're wanting to lobby that maybe a one-loss Michigan State, a one-loss Minnesota, uh, undefeated Nebraska team that won the Big Ten gets in. But I think the more lobbying you do, the more it's going to hurt your chances. Yeah, and I have it pulled up. So the current BCS in after five weeks would be Florida State, Alabama, Oregon, Oklahoma, Auburn, top five. Okay. So that's the that's the BCS formula. I thought they didn't come out until okay. They're just using the same formula they always use. Yeah, it's it, the BCS. Uh, but there's a website, a Twitter handle that still posts up there every week. They've been posting it since week one. Um, so it's the same old same old formula. They just post it week in and week out on Twitter. Just you know, hey, did you know this is what the BCS would be saying? Somebody's still holding on to it. Yeah. Well, it, all that matters is where you're ranked at the very end. And 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 that's what it what it really matters. But there's there's Notre Dame out there that's not in a conference really, and they're sitting out there alone. I, I just Notre Dame's going to have to run the table, and they're going to have to look good doing it. But a one loss Notre Dame tray, I don't think they get in at all. Do you? Well, Notre Dame's sort of out there because they actually play a pretty tough schedule, and it really depends on how a lot of their opponents do. I mean, you know, Stanford, how do they finish? USC. How do they finish? I think they have Arizona State on that schedule. You know, how do they finish without their quarterback? Obviously, they play Florida State. Uh, so, I mean, Notre Dame can make a lot of noise depending on how they how they do against these teams. Uh, Notre Dame kind of has their own destiny ahead of them, no matter sort of, you know, whatever hate you have against Notre Dame. You know, you and I are a fan. Um, but if they win those games, Tarvin, they're going to get in. Yeah, if they win them all, maybe. I mean, it just depends. I mean, you could have four major conferences with undefeated teams in it, and and all of a sudden you have Notre Dame. I think they get left out because they're not in a conference. And I don't know if people say their their schedule's tough, but I don't know. I mean, that's what people said the year they played Alabama, and look what happened. I still think that'll be lingering in people's mind. But, but real quick, Trey, let's go through our NFL games that we had. And uh, just to let you know, I was 9-1 and one in the college football and I'm 4-0 right now in the NFL. So if the Saints win, I'll be 5-0 and in the NFL, or I'll be 4-1 and if Dallas wins. So I think the hosts won this week, it's safe to say. So yeah, sorry, you know what I did to pick them? Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, you know what I did to pick them? I wrote down the sure. wrong team on one of them, but I I'll, I'll, I counted it against myself. But, yeah, we're definitely going to win. This sure you All right, good. We have a Scott call calling in right now. You're on weight in sports. Who's this? Hey, guys. How's it going? This is Jeff from Oregon. Jeff, you said? Yeah. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I'll tell you what's on my mind. After that Jets game today, I'm just hoping Geno Smith will curse at me while he rides my bunghole like a fucking donkey in Mexico. Yeah, another guy in his mother's basement. Uh, congratulations, man! Where, Sonia? Where are all these uh, these freak shows coming to not com- coming from tonight? Did they did their mom ground them or something or what? I don't know, but um, what they should do is probably take a listen to some of your older shows where people have called in and done that, and you've let their number out on the air, and they've received so many calls. <laughs> so people ought to realize before you call in and try stuff like that, the host can see where you're calling from. 
Yeah, and, and people think because you use Skype that, that I can't right, see the location, the IP, and everything involved with it. So we'll just, there's two callers tonight that that's in their mom's basement that's about to be blasted after this show's over with. So congratulations. <laughs> Uh, well, Tarvin, what it is, it's it's people that, that, you know, they don't have anything else to do, so they just call shows and do stuff like that. That's their entire life. Wow. Seeing a dirty wow. pair of underwear, a wife beater, um, beer gut. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just insane to, to all the crazy people out there. But thanks for, for calling in. We just don't want to hear your potty mouth. But if you can't have a sports <laughs> conversation with, without cussing, then then don't come. It's real simple. What's that? Uh, dude, dude was using like a Beavis and Butthead type of stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> like, like, that's, if you get your shot to like prank somebody on air and the best you got, like something from 1980s from Beavis and Butthead, man, that's, that's pretty weak stuff, dude. Come on, high that's five on Trey. <laughs> high five, Trey. <laughs> Uh, I mean, come on, at least get creative, man. Like, I entertain you if you're going to do it. I mean, it's just terrible. I have my grandparents listening to the show, and I'm trying to 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 hit X to knock this guy out, and it just froze on me. So, it just I'm going to stop answering Skype calls at all. So, if you don't have a, a cell phone number directly or a number, and if I can't see it, you don't get on the show. That's how it's going to start being. So I hate that for, people, that for people that like to use Skype, but, oh, well, use your own phone. And if you can't afford it, you don't need to be calling in the radio show anyway, probably. So, well, Tarvin, uh, Tarvin. Yes. One thing that this does mean, you and Trey must be reaching an audience because now you have official trolls. You've made the big time. I know, so right? Give yourselves a hand. See, Feinbaum does it right. He, he screens his callers. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through the go through the NFL real quick. I don't want to spend much time with the Chargers and and well, hold on, I'm on the wrong week. Trey, do you have the list pulled up? Uh, hold on, I don't actually. Man, I'm on I'm on last week's games, but but I, but I will start out by saying uh, Carolina and Baltimore played today, and uh, the Steve Smith. Uh, hate game. I picked Baltimore to win. I went against my Carolina Panthers just because I'm, I don't feel too good about Cam Newton right now. He don't look good. The team doesn't look good overall. And I picked Baltimore to win, and they did. Sonia, Jason, thoughts on the, the Baltimore-Carolina game? It was a great game. Jason's upstairs now because, you know, we're red zone fanatics. But <clears throat> I was going back and forth between that game because I do have the Ravens and a couple players on my fantasy team. I was like, when they finally got it together, there were a couple of times there, but it, it was almost like, okay, here you guys go. We're just going to stand back here and, and let you just do what you want to. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I, going into the season, I knew Carolina was going to struggle because of who they lost. They lost a lot of people off the team. Hardy right now, he's inactive. He can't play. It's just bad recipe when Cam Newton's injured. He's not 100%, and the running backs are getting hurt. It's just bad news. Carolina could have a four-, five-, six-game losing streak coming up if they're not careful. Well, you got to look at it because – oh, I'm sorry. Was Trey going to talk? <laughs> I know if you no, were talking to me, you're 
Well, I was going to say you have to look at it because what people don't realize is if you've got a great quarterback and don't have a great O-line, the only you, you, you really can't expect them, like in college, to take the team on their back and take them to the, the national championship or the Super Bowl. You know, that's college. In, you know, the NFL, there's only maybe three, I think, quarterbacks right now that could possibly do that, maybe four, and he's not in their class. So he's going to need more tools. They really got to do something in Carolina. Carolina, it's just too much movement going on there. I don't know what's the deal. Something's not clicking with that Carolina team and that management. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, it's it's just – Trey, I don't know what you feel about Carolina right now, but they had a couple decent wins early. They beat Detroit. Then they lay an egg against a bad Pittsburgh team Sunday night, and then this at Baltimore. Of any time, they're going to step up today after Steve Smith calls them out in the media, and they lay an egg. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, obviously this was Steve Smith's game, and (laughs) he embarrassed the defense. This was to be an elite defense for Carolina. And Steve Smith embarrassed them. Uh, if you're one of those DBs who had played so well early on, to get embarrassed the way, that way from um, what? Steve Swift's, what, 104 years old? And like five years. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, he just embarrassed them. Oh, he did. Well, yeah, he's a gonna... terrible quarterback, too. Bowler, or what's his name? What's Baltimore? It's Flacco. He's terrible. And uh, to get 300-plus put up against that idiot, that, that's embarrassing. I like the Panthers, but that's just terrible. That's like Barkley says. That's terrible. Terrible. It's just terrible. See, the Panthers well, the supposed to be playing like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> they switched yeah, up. And I'm not, and I'm not going to waste time talking about the Bills and Texans, really. The Saints and Cowboys are current, but – a big game today. There are two big ones that we need to talk about real quick. The Packers, one and two, went on the road tray against the Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers showed he's still the king of that division. He went to Chicago and just torched that defense. Give us your thoughts. I know a lot of Bears fans out there are angry, but you had to see this coming. Yeah, I mean, the focus from the Packers this week um, was pretty good. I mean, they really seemed calm. They weren't panicking, and, and that's really a, a dangerous recipe for a team on the road going on the road when you're that calm, you're that focused. Um, really, I was surprised at a lot of the throws in the second half by Cutler, uh, how he was throwing into coverage. He had guys yep. who would be open. He was missing. He was missing some of the route. He was reading. He was looked like his reads were. I don't know what he was doing with his reads. I was very surprised that Cutler guys rattled as he did. Uh, in that game. And, Tart, I do want to go back and to say one thing about the Texans game. I mean, J.J. Watt, a defensive lineman, <laughs> and an 80-yard yeah. interception. 80 yards for a lineman. And he was fast. Single... He was fast, too. <laughs> Man, <laughs> well, what's that? I love that turn down for what? I mean, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, guys, I'm not mad at J.J. today. He deserves all, the of, all the props he gets. We're talking about the Bears right now, and Quinn, you're on the line right quick. What What do you think about your Bears, man? They look awful. They They had a chance to make a statement at home, and and they just sucked today. It was the defense that looked awful. No, it was all okay. of them, Sean. <laughs> it was, the defense couldn't stop anybody. Hold on. The defense was pathetic. And that's putting it oh, lightly. 
Quinn, you got yeah, Sonya rolling right now. I'm it sorry, was, I'm putting the phone on mute. I'm sorry. They, 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 shouldn't, they shouldn't even feel the, the defense. That's how bad it was. They 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 should have just put the offense because there literally was no defense. Like I'm sh- like Rogers probably Rogers probably didn't see any defensive players out there because they were non-existent. Well, when I said something earlier, you didn't agree with. I said that that Aaron Rodgers was is the king of that conference, really, in that division. And and I think they'll win the it again. Packers but you don't, don't win the division. Who's going to win it? Minnesota. <laughs> no, Minnesota is hot garbage too. It'll be probably Detroit. Hot gar. Wait a minute. Hold on. Your your quarterback threw two interceptions. You're putting your money. Hey, in. hold on, dude. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You know I love you, Quinn. But wait. Do not sit here and try to say it's just the defense. What 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 position does Jay Cutler play? Only one of those interceptions was his fault. Mm. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Oh. He threw the football play, man. <laughs> wait a minute. Who threw all the – was there a backup in there that we didn't see? Uh, Marshall ran the wrong route on that play. Well, no, all I'm saying, Quinn, because you know I love you, sweetie. You know you're, you're like a son to me, a little brother. But yeah. it wasn't just the defense, sweetie. The Bears just did not look good today. And the Packers made some mistakes, too. I'm not saying it. it was. It's not like it was an error-free game. But for you to say it was just the defense, I'm sorry. The quarterback is on the offense, honey, and they had some issues. So I would say all of them, not just the defense. <laughs> you, you missed Jared Allen today is what you missed. Yeah, and the pack and the Packers defense is horrid. They won't win anything. If it wasn't for those turnovers, the Bears were carving them up. Any team can carve that Packers defense up. They can carve it a whole lot up, I know that. We'll find out next week or on Thursday when Bridgewater faces the Packers. Oh, that's the right. Vi- the Vikings the Vikings will beat the Packers. I think your hate for the Packers, and I understand this, trust me, I know. When you hate a team so much, you, you can't see any positives. And I know Green Bay's not playing the way, you know, that they usually do, but you, you look at Aaron Rodgers, when he had to, to win a game, he went on the road against a, a good Chicago Bear team and, and lit them up. And you got to remember, once that run, when it gets cold weather, that's when Green Bay starts winning a lot of football games. So right now they're two and two. I just don't see how you don't think they can win this division. And Detroit? I mean, when, when's the last time Detroit's won anything? Never. <laughs> well, Detroit's three and one right now, and they shut the Packers down. They shut Rodgers down. Let's see what we have the Browns a Carolina do. Blew them out, though. We have a Carolina blew them out, though. All right. All right. Man, man. Thanks, for, thanks for calling in, buddy. I appreciate it. But the Bears, man, the, the Bears get the loss today, and we'll get Quinn on next week. We'll talk about the Bears with the last game. But right now, by the way, I have to say something. Dallas, Trey, up 17 to nothing on the Saints. 
and, and yep. the fat boy Ryan on the sidelines looks like he's lost. What has happened, Trey, to the Saints defense? Because they're non-existent, man. Well, I mean, remember this was this was Ryan's defense in Dallas. I mean, they, they got torched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know. I don't know when we thought that he was going to turn it all around. They had a great year. Um, but that kind of happens, but you know, consistency it shows itself. To good coordinators, you know. So that's all. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is, is that the consistency hasn't really been there for him. Yeah, they're they're terrible, and my five and zero record probably won't happen since I did pick the Saints, and and anytime I pick against the Cowboys, they win. So you know what? If I'd have been smart, I'd put money on the Cowboys. But you know, since I'm not betting on games, that would that would be crazy. But <laughs> That's our NFL wrap-up. But, Jason, your uh, Minnesota Vikings look good today. Bridgewater, uh, they are home. They played very well, and they, they beat the Atlanta Falcons today with ease. Yeah, I was I was happy. Um, the two running backs, um, McKinnon and uh, and uh, yeah, whatever his name is, they stepped up today. So, they sure you know, the running game is did. there. The passing game is there. So, Everyone wanted to say, oh, Minnesota's going to be horrible without AP. Well, it just takes people to step up, and they did. So. And, yeah, we see some new combos happening. Good right. My yeah. God. Yeah. Jarius Wright. Jarius Wright. Where do you come from? Well, it's awesome when you got Bridgewater coming in there, leading the team. You even saw your backup, the guy Bench, come in there and play a little bit and, and help out. So I think the camaraderie looks good. In Minnesota, but the the last game we're going to talk about in the NFL, the Eagles went on the road against San Francisco, Trey, and and that game was was very exciting. But the Eagles, just like the the two people in their mom's basement called in to talk about, the Eagles did choke it away. They got the ball down to the one two yard line and threw it, throw it out of bounds on fourth down out of the end zone. But Trey, I mean, are you that dumb as a quarterback that you don't throw it? At least let the other team catch it. At least give somebody a chance to catch the ball because you can't win if the ball is out of the end zone. Well, I mean, I just can't – I can't fathom the fact that they got down – McCoy runs it down to, you know, the, the one-yard line, half-yard line, um, and then you don't you don't give the, the ball to either him or Sproles to punch it in. I mean, I just – I didn't. I mean, this is supposed to be Chip Kelly. He's supposed to run the football. He's supposed to be great at that. And so – I just I, could, I can't believe that they chose to put the ball in Foles' hands, who was very erratic in this game. He he was inconsistent. His his um, his accuracy wasn't where it has been in other games. And so I, if it was me, I would have said, "Hey, it's four down territory. We're going to give it to you know Lashawn McCoy or Sproles, and we're going to see if we can punch it in." Well, I want to ask Sonia a question right here. And, and, Sonia, I don't know if you heard the comments. I can't remember the Eagles player name that came out in the media this week and said that Chip Kelly practiced them way too hard. And he came out and he was going to be the spokesperson for the team. I mean, what do you think about this Eagles team? I mean, if you're Chip Kelly, do you even let this guy play? I can't even remember his name. I think we lost Sonia. I'm Trey? here. Yeah, I think she just came back. All right, let me get her back. Hold on just a second. Hold on. Sonia, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. We had the phone on mute for you guys. Okay, well, I was going to ask you a question. I don't know. I can't remember the guy's name on the Eagles that came out. I think it was after the win last Sunday, and he, he said that Chip Kelly 
is working them too way too hard in practice. I mean, you're making millions of dollars a year, and you're complaining about practicing too hard. <laughs> I, I, I heard your question the first time, and I'm sorry, I was I was in the process of responding. I think I saw a link on Twitter, but I wasn't that interested to read it because I'm like, it's the Eagles, it's Chip Kelly. Who didn't know that this was coming with all the clash of personalities? You got to look at, I mean, I'm sorry, my, my ex-boyfriend was a diehard. He grew up in Philly, so, of course, every Sunday we were watching Philly. Doesn't matter whatever team was on, we're going to watch Philly. And to see this Philly, it's just like, it's sad. Especially when you think about the talent that's been through there. I I really don't think that Chip Kelly, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't think he is a head coach, an NFL head coach type coach. I think he might be a great coordinator, but not a head coach. There's, there's no happiness. You don't hear any good things coming out of Philly, so something's not right <laughs> up there. He's going to make it. Yeah, He's going to make agree, the same yeah. mistake that Saban did in trying to instill a college program into a pro sport, and it won't work. Yeah, it's just think about right. it. You never hear anything good. It's always something negative coming out of Philly. So yeah, I don't and, think Chip Kelly's you know, going to be there. He, and then the, the Philly a, fans are crazy. Yeah, he's got a good mind to be a you know an offensive coordinator and to be a good college coach. But you can't you can't get respect from from grown men that make a lot more money than you do trying to play dictator. That's not how the NFL works. Exactly, and that's what that Saban has said that in the most candid interview. If if you go back and watch that ESPN uh, special when he goes home, and he says that you know in a in a way. It's the fact that there's a difference when there's a young man that's in college that's on his way to becoming a man. But when you're coaching men, they already who they are. You know, so you can't yeah, bring that and, same and, mind. And they know they make more than you. They know they, they, and they know they can go somewhere more else. Valuable. Yes, they know they're more <laughs> right. valuable than you, and everything. all they're going to do is go to the owner and say, hey, this coach is killing me. I'm about to get – I want to trade or something, and then – the, the coaches are are not powerful unless you're New England's head coach. Really, you don't you don't have a shot. I mean, name me a head coach that really uh, demands respect besides uh, New England's coach Belichick. You ain't none. <laughs> none. Yeah, exactly. There's there's none out there. You either do it his way or the highway. But these other coaches out there are. Or in order to be a successful coach, you got to be like a cheerleader out there. You got to they, they've got to look at you as as like you're on their side. That, that it's like the, the Tom Landry days are over. You know the the Tom Landry, um, what was the the Packers coach Vince Lombardi? You know those days where where players just played you know true grit and they respected these men and they were hard nosed because these men could go toe to toe with them. Yeah, it's like yeah, and then they were they were on these teams forever. Well, now okay, well you're my third new coach in the past six years, dude. So what do you have to say? That's kind of how the attitude they have, and it's it's like I don't care how many um, bonding, you know, off off field bonding uh, events you have or whatever. Kumbaya. Yeah, kumbaya. These guys are there to make money. They want playing time. That is what they want. And they're not going to sit here and play that college mindset. And they will tell the coaches, "We did that in college, y'all." <laughs> I mean, they'll say it. Mm-hmm. What you know? What are you? What are you going to do? What are you bringing? Because they get tired of it too. Yeah, that's some 
That's some good points right there. But, guys, thanks for calling in and joining us right here. We're going to go into fast forward a little bit through the rest of this. But I think Harbaugh is, 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 was trying to be that tough-nosed coach in a way as well. And I think it started backfiring on him to where he's having to change a little bit. I think he could lose that locker room in San Francisco if he's not careful. Those are not the the kind of people you're going to try to be a dictator over. I think it's going to backfire on him if he's not careful. So we're going to move on right quick to our college section real quick. Trey, are you there? We're having some studio issues right now. Hold on just one second. I think you're back now, Trey, right? Hey, yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. We're having some huge malfunctions right here. Sonia and them are still on. Um, <clears throat> let's go through our college real quick, Trey. Boise State at Air Force, no surprise. I mean, it wasn't a surprise. The only game I lost in college. We're not going to go through all these games. Uh, I'm just going to touch on a, a few of them, actually. Southern, Southern Cal gets a big win at home. I don't know what it is with the phones tonight, but, but damn, y'all are killing me. I'm going to turn you off for a minute, Trey. <laughs> Stanford at Washington and my dog's barking like a, a mad lunatic and my phone's not working properly, so bear with me just a second. I don't know what Blog Talk Radio is trying tonight, but I'm going to try to bring my co-host back on the show. Trey, is your phone okay now? Yeah, I'm sure I should be fine. Okay. Are you on Bluetooth or something? Yeah, are you on nope. Bluetooth? or? Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm on the mic. a lot of background. All right, Stanford goes to Washington and wins a, a seven-point game. I'm not that impressed with Stanford right now. They go to Notre Dame this weekend. That'll be their test. Any thoughts on this game? No, I think Stanford went over Washington is legitimate. I mean, Washington's a very tough place to play. It's over uh, overlooked by a lot of folks. Um, so Stanford, a good win. I really thought they had a shot to lose that game. And I'll just plug in real quick, Tarvin. Hey, my Air Force, big win over Boise State. I uh, really enjoyed that, even though we all thought that it would go to go the other way. So appreciated that uh, for the Air Force Academy. Uh, the other game that Tarvin I was surprised with, obviously a terrible Missouri team going on the road against the number 13 South Carolina, which I which was suspect. Um, and really, even the, the fact they had a shot at that game, Tarvin, it just tells you a little bit about South Carolina. Well, Sonia and Jason, stay right there just a second. Let's get this worked out. I want to bring you on to talk some of these college games uh, before we go. But Missouri, first of all, you know, they're not a terrible team. They're a team that, that overlooked an Indiana team and got beat. They went on the road to South Carolina. But, but Trey, what have I been saying about South Carolina all along? I, I picked Missouri to win this game because I just have no faith in South Carolina. Are they overrated? At, were they overrated at 13? Definitely. Uh, I mean, the way Texas A&M came in there and carved them up, and the, just the way the defense is inconsistent. Uh, Dylan Thompson's not a good quarterback. But I think Missouri, honestly, is the better team between South Carolina and Missouri. And, it, and they went on the road and proved it at night last night. And the SEC East is wide open. I mean, it is so wide open, it's, it's crazy. Tennessee is 0-1 in the division, Trey, and, heck, they could come out and win this division. That's how wide open it is. But South Carolina, Spurrier said it in a press conference this week. He said, we're terrible. I don't know why you have us ranked, but I think he's trying to play some kind of a psychological game. But maybe, do you think he meant it when he was telling everybody his team was terrible? And Vanderbilt put up about 30 points on them. Yeah, he might have. And let's, let's not 
Let's have a discussion about the SEC in, in terms of the fact that the SEC West is, is so ridiculously awesome, and the SEC East is, is really not. Um, and, and I think that's what frustrates a lot of us when we try to pick this, is because you have Missouri who can lose at home to an Indiana team. I, mean, I don't think they look past them. I think, I think they got beat um, and, and by a really bad Indiana team. Uh, and then they go on the road and they beat South Carolina. All I know in, <laughs> and that was a night game. You know, and so if, I think the SEC East is nowhere near the caliber um, that the other side of the ball, the other side of the conference is playing. And I think we just kind of get in this mindset where, you know, oh, these teams are so good because, you know, they're ranked in their SEC teams. And it, I just don't think it plays out in the SEC East like it does the West. The West is legitimately awesome. I mean, all those teams are well, dominant. I mean, even Arkansas. Well, well, if you if you look at if you look at what the the so called experts have been saying all year, besides that first week Georgia game, they put, crowned them national champions after beating Clemson. Most people, you know, even Palmer, Herb Street, and all of them said the SEC East is just wide open and it's nothing like the West. You've heard the joke, what's the ninth, ninth toughest division in the NFL? It's the SEC West, and I, I just don't think there's an, a, a team in the East that can compete with the West, so when that SEC championship comes, I just think it's the West could possibly get two teams in. Georgia, that's a game on our list. Number 12, Trey, at home against Tennessee, and and I'll be honest, I don't know if you watched that game. I did. I think Tennessee was the better football team. They lost their quarterback for a quarter that really hurt them, putting a backup in, and are they to won that game. Is Georgia overrated, Trey, at 12? Yeah, I think they are. I think that, um, you know, again, we, we make a lot of things about things. Oh, Jeremy Pruitt's the only piece that Georgia needs. Uh, you know, Gurley is a Heisman Trophy candidate. They have to be good, right? Pruitt plus Gurley equals national championship. But, oh, by the way, we forgot about the fact that Hudson Mason isn't a very good quarterback. Um, and then they are really one-dimensional in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they can run the football very well, um, but if you happen to stack the box against them and you make Mason make decisions, we've seen, even with the Tennessee game, I, and I caught some, some pieces of it, Tarvin, I didn't watch the whole thing, uh, but what I saw was Tennessee had a very smart game plan on the defense. They were very prepared for that game. And I, I just think you, know, you and I have talked about it, that Georgia really isn't a contender. Well, you you got to look at Georgia, and and they're missing some key pieces on offense, a couple of receivers and everything. But at the end of the day, I don't care how good your receivers are if your quarterback is not the one to get it, get the ball down the field. But what what really aggravated me with Georgia fans was them act, they acted like Mason. Uh, they weren't going to miss a beat losing Aaron Murray. And Aaron Murray was one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the SEC last year. I knew there was going to be a drop-off, but – the question I keep asking every week, I saw Gurley on a kickoff return yesterday. How many times can they use Gurley, Trey, without – I mean, I mean, it's going to be tough six, seven games down the road. Is he going to even be healthy enough to carry the load? Well, I mean, that's the, the, you know, the big question for Georgia because if he goes out again, Tarvin, uh, how competitive are they? I mean, the backups look good. Uh, but Gurley is just on a playing field that no one else is on when it comes to the running back position, maybe other than Amir Abdullah for Nebraska. Well, it's like, you know, the Chubb and, and there's another kid out there that's good, but it's easy to look good when 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 uh, Gurley 
is actually the decoy for when you're going to actually get the ball and you break one for 20 and you, you feel good about yourself. Put these freshman running backs in the backfield in the SEC with no girly and, and see how they do. And I think that's where Georgia fans, they say, oh, if Gurley goes out, we'll be okay because we have Chubb. Well, Chubb wouldn't be anything without Gurley. But Georgia should have lost the game. Tennessee outplayed them. And I think the referees in that game, you could tell Butch Jones was about to go crazy. Some questionable calls that went against Tennessee. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make an early prediction for you this week. Tennessee beats Florida next week in Tennessee. And I think Butch Jones gets it rolling. I think playing Oklahoma on the road at night and playing Georgia on the road is going to get them ready for their season. So I I look for Tennessee to get a little better this season and make a bowl game. So we'll see. But the SEC East, like we said, is wide open. But one last question about the East trade. Could Missouri win the East and be back in the SEC championship for the second year in a row? I mean, it's possible because, I mean, we just don't know what to make of any of these teams. I mean, they've been so inconsistent. You had out-of-conference poor play against poor teams and, you know, all these crazy, you know, basically not being able to hold your home turf in conference is, is a signal, Tarvin. It really is. Uh, and so if Missouri can hold their own in their, in their home stadium, they're going to do something that the rest of the East is struggling with. Definitely. And the next – the next game was was a thriller, but I want to know through that watching A and M in Arkansas, and I know you watched it. Um, what did you come out of that game? Did you come out of the game feeling that Arkansas had had taken a step forward? They've improved, or did you come out of that game thinking that hey, maybe A and M is not as good as as everybody thought they were because they went on the road and beat a bad South Carolina team? Well. I- Going into that game, and you know, before the season, I thought A and M and Arkansas would be much better than 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 the last one thought. But I still didn't buy into the A and M is now a national contender yet because we hadn't seen them play anybody. Well, Tarvin, we saw them play Arkansas, and they didn't look great. Um, and I think a lot of Texas A and M fans. I spoke to a graduate of A and M, and he was surprised. Uh, he going into the game, he was like, "Arkansas is terrible. We're going to dominate them." Um, you know, when I questioned him on it. Um, the, you know, the schedule, the, the, exactly what you had talked about, Tarvin. They put so much stock in that win against South Carolina, they have to be good. Uh, and so I think the Ivies got a little overconfident in that win alone. Uh, and then Arkansas, I think Tarvin, that, that game plan that Billum was bringing out there uh, is going to take him a couple more years. But we're seeing some of the fruits of what he's doing. He, I mean, Alex Collins, if you, you, know, you and I talked about him as a recruit. Because uh, he chose Florida State, and then he went, you know, flipped to Arkansas. He is a beast, and he's only getting better. Yeah, I came out of that game um, really concerned about the offense of A and M, and I know they 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 have a game that that they score a lot of points, and they played some really bad teams, but Arkansas held them in check. Arkansas was about to go up by twenty one points in the second half until that tripping call that wiped the touchdown off the board. The A&M scored real quick uh, on a big pass. The safety fell down. Arkansas missed the field goal to go up by 10 with two minutes left. Here's A&M quick strike again. But Arkansas's defense is not a strength of that team. And I think for the most part, Trey, they held A&M in check. And Kenny Thrill, Trill, whatever they call him, 
I just don't know how good of a quarterback he really is. Now, when he goes on the road in the SEC, we're going to find out. He's got to go to Auburn, to Alabama, and let's not forget they still play LSU towards the end of the season, and LSU is going to be a much better team. So they, they still have the meat of their schedule left. Mississippi State on the road this week, Ole Miss. I mean, we're going to find out how good he is. Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State, well, I mean, obviously we know that Prescott is, is an above-average quarterback. Um, and, but, with you know, the defense for Mississippi State has some pretty good five-star type talent on there. And they had a couple of recruits who came out uh, a couple of years ago when they were um, sort of, you know, we all thought they might be on the precipice of, of being something. So, I mean, Mississippi State could match up decently well against those receivers, Tarvin. I don't think Mississippi State's ever had a five-star, Trey. <laughs> was that Chris Jones? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think Mississippi State, this is Mullen's year to, to actually be respected in the SEC if he can win a couple more games in that in that division. I really don't think he will, but you never know. But I think he's going to try to get out of Starkville. I think he wants that Florida job. And people laughed at me when I, when I said that, but I think that would be a perfect hire. I can't stand Dan Mullen as a person. I'd, I'd like to slap him in the face, but – I think he's a decent coach. I think he, he's done a great job for what he could do at Mississippi State, Trey. You can't go out and recruit five stars to Starkville. But, I mean, at or they play Texas A&M this week, Mississippi State does, and then next week they host Auburn. So here's two games in a row in the division at home that's going to be huge for Mississippi State. Just give me a kind of an estimation prediction, Trey. How many of those games do they win? Well, I'm – you know, I, I asked you this before, um, and I'll, I'll let you tell me the answer, and, and it'll, you can, then we'll, we'll know what, what, what I'm thinking here. Name the last time Mississippi State, uh, sorry, Ari, uh, beat a, a ranked team. Uh, last Saturday. Yeah, I mean, so we're, I mean, we're in uncharted territory, right? <laughs> they, they, they finally got off the bubble, right? They've been struggling with that, and so I told you at the beginning of the year when they beat somebody. Um, and then I'll start considering them legitimate targets. So I, I am now considering this a possible Mississippi State win. Uh, I really think they may have a shot, Tarvin. And this is something different that I haven't seen from Mississippi State in a long time. They beat somebody well, tell, that matters. Well, tell me this. They beat A&M this week. They're undefeated still. Say Auburn gets past LSU Saturday night. Will game day go to Starkville in two weeks if both the Auburn and Mississippi State win? You'd have an undefeated SEC West showdown for the second week in a row, like for game day. This week it's going to be Ole Miss and Alabama, but would they go to Starkville? Would they just keep the bus in Mississippi and just drive down the road a little bit? Yeah, I mean, and Mississippi lost this past week. They would have been in Starkville this week, and that's what uh, – uh, Lee Fitting said on his Twitter account, um, and so yeah, I think I think that would be exactly what they're going to do. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, but that, that that's the key. You you said something perfect when you said it earlier. I mean, Mississippi State's never handled success; they never had to. But it's it's different when when teams come and play you now, and they say, "Well, well, look, we got to play Mississippi State." They're not surprising anyone. I think beating LSU the way they did on the road kind of hurt Mississippi State in a way, the way they beat them, because now A&M's going to come in focused and serious, and Auburn's going to come in uh, focused anyway, because Mississippi State always gives them trouble, but I think the worst thing that can happen to Mississippi State is winning that game in the fashion that they did, but winning it was great, but now they're not going to be under anybody's radar. 
But, uh, I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, until they beat somebody, I was not even going to consider them a team worth really talking about, and they finally did it. Um, and so now, how do, how do they handle success? I mean, you, you and I have watched it since we've done this show time and time and time again, teams that just buckle under the top ten pressure. Um, they're not there just quite yet, Tarvin, but they could be. If they win this week, then they'll probably be in the top ten. So, you know, how do they? How do you handle the pressure of being good? Uh, how do you handle the pressure of being a favorite? Well, Auburn's about to go through that, and I've, I've started to feel that this season, watching them play, that they're getting everybody's best game. And I and I do think when you start playing your conference games now, you're not nobody's going to overlook Auburn. Of course, they won the conference last year. Last year, nobody saw them coming really until the last third of the season, but now it's from game one on, you have to be your best, and if you're not, you, you better hope you get lucky enough to win, and Auburn was fortunate to, to go to Kansas State and win. They were fortunate to win that game, but we're going to see how good they are now with the bullseye on their back, so it does change the dynamics. We look at the Florida State-North Carolina State game. How much of that was North Carolina State up for that game against Florida State early? They They jumped on them went up 17 points, and, and they looked like they were going to win the game. Florida State found a way to win, and, you know, they're number one in the AP poll because, you know, it's kind of hard to penalize them until they lose the game. And so far they haven't lost. Yeah, and a couple of things to remember, too. It's not as if North Carolina State has been a team that Florida State um, has just dominated. I mean, they've been yeah. – uh, a very good top ten team, and gone in and, and lost to NC State. I mean, NC State's a team that has Florida State blueprint uh, and how to beat them. And also, I mean, they were you know NC State was undefeated. It was the only undefeated matchup last week, which you know doesn't say a great deal, but gives you an idea of of having the transfer from Florida, Jacoby Prezet. Um, you know, and he played outstanding in that football game. And so we'll see what they make of their season, Tarvin. But you know, it's just one of those matchups. So, you know, there's that seems to always trouble Florida State. When you go to NC State, Florida State is lucky to win at all. I think they're three and six, or what, four and six. Now that's ten <laughs> meetings, no matter. And, and every one of those games, NC State was not ranked. And so, just, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter for NC State and Florida State. So, uh, it's just a, Florida State had to survive, and they did. Well, quick update: Dallas twenty-four to nothing at halftime. Wow, never saw that one coming. The number one game you put on the schedule: UCLA at Arizona State. Um, UCLA went in there, and, and maybe they're finally starting to wake up. UCLA has slept walked through three games. They look very good on the road against Arizona State. But let's not forget, Arizona State played with a backup quarterback in that game. Are you ready to, to put UCLA as a serious contender again like they were in the preseason, or are you still waiting to see? No, I have, to, I have a lot to see because, I mean, you know, UCLA – Still has struggled with games that they shouldn't have, uh, and now they're in conference play. Tarvin, well, I just don't think they get out. I, I think the only team that gets out of the Pac-12 undefeated or has a shot is Oregon. Um, just, uh, and I, I just don't see UCLA getting out. Not, not the way they're playing, Tarvin. They've played much better against Arizona State. I, I don't see it as a wake-up game just yet, um, because you know Thursday night things are crazy. Things happen that are different from the Saturday games. If they do it back-to-back, Tarvin, then I'll start talking about, you know, Brett Hundley and, and UCLA again. But I'm not ready to put them in a Final Four prediction any, anywhere close right now. Well, the the surprise 
game, and I don't know, I don't know why I picked Minnesota to lose to Michigan. Trey, after watching Michigan play all season this year, to think that they would they would beat Minnesota, I don't know why I did it. Maybe I just looked at the point spread and saw that Michigan was favored eleven, twelve points. And Brady Hope's comments after the game was. This team can still win a national championship. I mean, what do you what do you think about Brady Hoke right now? But the media did they didn't give Minnesota any love after this game. They just focused on on Michigan not being good. And I'm about to bring Sonya and Jason on. If they're gonna be able to, to talk about Minnesota, I want Jason to share real quick before we go about his gophers. But what did you take out of that game? Brady Hoke, is he a man that could get fired in the next couple of weeks? Um, Brady Oak will be fired uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then I'm going to head off. I think already bad. But, uh, yeah, here's the thing. I think the Brady Hope countdown, let's let's all start our pools because uh, let's not talk about legitimate or illegitimate problems. I mean, come on, national championship. Brady Hoke won't make it through in the next month. Uh, and that's my prediction target. Is, is Brady Hoke is not, the, not the, the head coach of Michigan when it comes to Halloween. Uh, that's my prediction. Uh, I think and I think a lot of credit goes to Minnesota. Uh, you know, people say, "Oh, well, Michigan must be bad to lose to Minnesota." Well, Minnesota has been recruiting better. I mean, Jerry Kill, um, all of his health concerns, has got that team playing in, in a focused direction. Uh, they're get, they're they're a chance, Tarvin. They have a chance to make some noise in the Big Ten. They're go, they're going to go bowling this year, and that's great. Uh, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll listen the rest of the way, Tarvin. And I'm I'm off. All right. Thanks, Trey. Uh, the co-host of this show does a fine job, and he said it right. You have to you have to give credit to the Gophers on this one, because when you look at it at the end of the day, a team that plays fundamentally sound, they don't get a ton of penalties, they're well coached, and they play for a purpose. They play for each other, and they play for their coach. And I hope Jason's with us. I know Sonya's with us. I'm Jason, here. congratulations. Congratulations on a huge win on the road in Ann Arbor in front of uh, over 100,000 people. Congratulations. Well, thanks, Tarvin. Um, I don't think there was 100,000 there after, at the end of the game, though. It looks like they left pretty early. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy. Um, I think this is our first victory against Michigan since 2005, so we haven't seen that jug for quite a while. Um Sonia will tell you, I mean, I didn't go overjoyous and rampage all through the game yesterday. I kind of took it for what it was. Um, it would have meant more to me if Michigan would actually have been rated at the time. But regardless, I'll take the win. Um, I, You know, it. what disappoints me is <clears throat> instead of people focusing on how well Minnesota played yesterday... All the headlines and what everyone's talking about is how bad Michigan is. Um, And, you know, from what I took from the game, Minnesota played a Michigan run defense that was ranked pretty high. They were pretty good against the run. They got killed with the pass. And Minnesota ran all over them yesterday, which, you know, I give kudos to um, a very seasoned offensive line. So we we played well yesterday, and this this sets the tone for the rest of our season. You know, we just take one game at a time. Well, well, well. Let's look at the Big Ten just for a moment. I mean, you're sitting right now in first place in the West, and and in this division, you got Nebraska, Iowa, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue. 
I don't think it's unrealistic to say that Minnesota could win this part of the division and and show up in the Big Ten championship game. Because when I see Nebraska, I don't see a team unbeatable by no stretch. And Wisconsin's shown some signs of of inconsistency. So Minnesota, if you get past Ohio State, you got a legitimate shot. Yeah, and uh, you know the way I look at it, Nebraska actually looks a little worse than it did last year. Granted, we're going into Nebraska this time, but we beat them last year. So it's a very winnable game. Wisconsin hasn't impressed me. Um, Shut down Gordon, you shut down Wisconsin. And Ohio State, I mean, they're all all winnable games for us. So, you know, best team right now in the Big Ten, I hate to say it, but it's Sparty. It's Michigan State, hands down. Well, give me a little preview looking into next week. Uh, that's a big game in the Big Ten Conference, of course. Nebraska goes to Sparty, and any chance Nebraska could pull off an upset? No. Nope. Especially not 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 at Michigan State. No, they won't go in, in there and, and steal one. If I ask you to Mich- put a point spread on that game, what would you put it at? Probably seven and a half. I mean, they'll win by 14. They'll, they'll win by two scores. How did you know that line, man? I think the line was like eight. You said seven and a half. How did you know that yeah, line? Yeah, seven and close? a half. <laughs> I mean, that's just like Vegas. But, and, You're a and, Big Ten expert. That's why. Well, I mean, State will, co- State will cover. They'll win by two scores. I, I, the question is, is how much defense is Nebraska going to show? Because we already know Michigan State play defense. Um, they held their own against Oregon, so I, I highly doubt that they're going to have trouble with Nebraska. Is it fair to say that people are riding off Michigan State a little too early with that Oregon loss on the road? I don't know of anybody that would have gone into Oregon that time of year and actually and pull a, a win out like that. So looking at no, Michigan that it- State, they look they look strong right now to me. This is what's going to be the benefit of um, the committee in doing their poll. It actually benefits Michigan State that they lost to Oregon in Eugene. Um, and if you watch the game, they did pretty damn well for three quarters. Oh, yeah. They just lost it in the fourth quarter. Um, <clears throat> you know, we know in the SEC – you play defense all four quarters, and they didn't. Um, that's not going to hurt them. If if they end up running the table, winning the Big Ten championship, they got a good shot of getting into the playoffs. Yeah. If it's I Michigan, agree. if it's Michigan State. Now, if Minnesota runs the table, wins the conference, we won't we won't be one of the four teams. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I think Michigan State is a team that's, that's being overlooked right now because of that loss. And look at their schedule. they got Nebraska at Purdue at Indiana. They play Michigan at home. They play Ohio State at home. Then they go to Maryland, home against Rutgers, and at Penn State. I mean, looking at the schedule, looking at the future, Minnesota is going to be – I don't think they play Minnesota, do they? No, we don't play Sparty this year. But, but it's – I mean, Tarvin, it really what it boils down to is you're like Sonia and I. We haven't looked past Michigan State. You know, it's it, you know when they were saying, "Well, just cross the Big Ten off." I, I wasn't saying that. 
there was a lot of season to play out. And if Sparty, again, if Sparty holds their own, runs the table, wins the Big Ten Championship, they could be a one-loss team in the playoffs. And, and I would have no problem with Michigan State. If they won out, they go undefeated in their conference, win the championship, and they're only lost. And, and people look at the final score, and that's all they look at. But if you watch that game, Michigan State dominated for most of the part. And they, they went on a run, Oregon did. They got tired. Yep. It was 110 degrees on the field. So I think people are throwing them away too early. But if they beat Nebraska in good fashion, they beat Ohio State. But think about Penn State. How What, what happened to Penn State, Jason, yesterday before we get out of here? To get beaten down at home by by uh, Northwestern, they they woke up and realized that they don't have scholarship players and they're not that deep and they had injuries and you know if you only have starters and not a really good second squad or a third, <laughs> you're gonna lose. I don't care who you are, you're gonna lose. They're not deep. And no, they're not. Is, but. No, and Hagenberg isn't this like all pro quarterback either. He's 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 a game manager. <laughs> I hate well, to say well, it, buddy. Well, before we go right quick, guys, I want to run through the schedule for next week to give people kind of an idea of what's coming up for Wednesday night show and what to look forward to. We've got Alabama and Ole Miss playing. We've got LSU and Auburn playing. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Florida, Tennessee. Nebraska, Michigan State, Oklahoma, TCU, Stanford, Notre Dame, Baylor, Texas, Arizona, Oregon, and Arizona State, Southern Cal. Are you guys going to be glued to a TV next Saturday or what? Yeah, I I, I, I can't wait to see Oklahoma, TCU. TCU is fast. Oh, they are fast, Tarvin. That, that's well, going to be a good. Probably pick that upset to tell you the truth. Yeah, there we'll be glued. This is a. Finally, a week of all good games. Yeah, and I have tickets for the Auburn-LSU game, and I kind of want to give them up a little bit because I want to watch all of these games. But thanks for joining us, guys. Really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we're having a lot of studio problems right now, and I apologize. But thanks for joining us. We will see you Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you all.